Chapter twenty nine of Carpenter's Geographical Reader Asia by Frank Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. With the Burmese at home. We shall go out into the country this morning and see something of the Burmese at home. The people live largely in villages, each town being ruled by its headmen or elders, who are appointed by the government with the consent of the people. The houses are small, and in most places are little more than sheds set upon piles. They have walls of plaited or woven bamboo, and the roofs are of palm leaves, pinned or sewn to rafters of cane. Very few of them have more than one story, and they are usually built upon a platform so high above the ground that one can walk under it without stooping. The cattle are sometimes kept in the space under the house, and one has to climb a ladder or steps to reach the first floor the people have but little furniture they sit eat and sleep on the floor so that chairs tables and beds are not needed they sometimes use sleeping mats and rest their heads upon pillows or rather pillow frames of cane each being of about the size and shape of a small loaf of bread every house has a little plot of land at the back which contains some fruit trees vegetables and flowers at the front it faces the street which is usually lined with trees bearing tropical fruits along the roadsides near the villages are shade trees with platforms below them where travellers may rest or the village headmen discuss local affairs much of the cooking is done out of doors the fire is built upon the ground and the cooking utensils consist of little more than two or three earthen pots the chief food is rice a huge platter of it being served at each meal. In addition, there is a bowl of curry, a gravy-like mixture made of fish, and so seasoned with pepper that it is exceedingly hot. There are also other hot relishes, and among them a bad-smelling fish paste, made by burying raw fish in the sea sand until it is rotten. In eating, the rice dish is placed on the floor and the family squat about it, each member having two bowls, a small one for curry and a large one for rice there are no knives nor forks everyone helps himself putting his fingers into his rice bowl and taking up all he can squeeze in his mouth and then crowding it into his mouth at the close of the meal each member is required to wash his own dishes no drinking is done during meals but at the end each goes to the water jar to rinse out his mouth all take a smoke after eating the grandfather and grandmother, parents and children, puffing together. Sometimes one cigar suffices for the whole family, the members passing it from one to another and smoking by turns. We are delighted with the Burmese. They are kind and polite and make us at home. The boys are full of fun and show us their games. The girls are more free to talk with us than any others of their sex we have met with in Asia. They are intelligent and we learn that the women have more rights than any other women upon earth outside those of the united states or europe they have equal rights in property with their husbands and they generally carry the family purse a large part of the business of burma is done by the women the native stores are collected together in bazaars each consisting of a large number of little shops under one roof these shops are small rooms opening upon the streets or passages which run through the bazaar. Each room is walled with goods, 
and its woman merchant sits on the floor as she shows her wares to the purchaser who stands in the passage and bargains as to the price he will pay they sell silks cottons cigars jewelry and many other articles very few of them can read or write but all are able to count quickly and they understand how to bargain girls often go into the bazaars and remain there selling goods until they get husbands in burma love-making is carried on in somewhat the same way as with us and the burmese husband as a rule has but one wife although more are permitted parents usually arrange marriages without asking the consent of their son or daughter who is to be married but elopements are common and engagements are sometimes made by the young people themselves the marriage consists of the eating together of rice out of one bowl in the presence of friends and of promising before them to live together henceforth as man and wife the burmese believe that women should marry as will be seen from one of their proverbs which reads as follows monks are beautiful when they are lean four-footed animals when they are fat men when they are learned and women when they are married as we go on with our travels through burma we find that the people have many curious customs for instance nearly every boy has his legs tattooed from the waist to the knees and he looks upon this coat of tattooing as a sign of manhood gladly submitting to the pain he must undergo to secure it the work is done by a professional tattooer who uses a steel pricker which has at its end four split points as sharp as needles these points are dipped into ink and then thrust into the skin carrying the ink under the surface the tattooer takes up the skin in his hand and pinches it while he thus pierces it with the inked needles which are to discolor it forever in this way he makes pictures all over the boy's thighs so that when the tattooing is completed he looks as though he were dressed in kid tights covered with red and blue figures of serpents tigers ogres and demons such tattooing is not done all at once but figure by figure as the boy can stand the pain it takes some years before one can get a full coat the burmese are superstitious and they believe that certain tattooed figures will ward off diseases one for instance is a protection from snake bites and another will keep one from drowning a third figure is especially prized by the schoolboy for it prevents so they tell us his feeling the whip when punished we are also struck by the plugs of gold silver or glass which the girls wear in their ears and which they prize quite as much as the boys do their coats of tattooing a girl is not considered a woman until after her ears have been pierced and she is as anxious to have her first ear plugs as our girls are to have their first long dresses this is so notwithstanding the pain that comes from making and enlarging the holes the work begins when the girl has reached the age of twelve or thirteen which occasion is celebrated by a feast to which all the friends and relatives are invited when the party has assembled the girl lies down on a mat and a professional ear borer thrusts a gold needle through the lobe of each of her ears twisting it around so that it forms a ring which is left in the ear as the needle goes through the girl screams with pain but her cries are drowned by the music of a band which plays outside the house it takes the ear some time to heal and then the process of making the holes larger begins the needle is now taken out and a fine gold plate 
tightly rolled up is inserted this plate is gradually opened from week to week until the hole has been stretched to the size of your little finger or larger the poor who cannot afford gold use silver needles for piercing and stems of grass for enlarging the lobes inserting one stem after another until they have a bunch of grass as big around as your thumb in each ear after a long time when the holes have become of the proper size the earplugs or hollow pieces of gold or some cheaper material are put in the plugs being as costly as the girl can afford some are set with jewels some are of glass and others of amber the holes thus made are so large that a man could easily put his thumb through them and a common sight is a woman carrying a big cigar in her ear end of chapter twenty nine